This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. If you haven't heard about Anchor, let me tell you, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Check this out. It is free. No, I'm serious. It's free, 100%. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor then distributes that podcast for you, and you can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can also make money from that podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Welcome back in to another edition of the Midweek Minches. We are down a man this week. We are missing our all-star point guard, Will, a.k.a. Crispy. Um, he has He's on the, the IR this week. I will fill in as your backup reserve point guard for the night, Drake, a.k.a. Cody Cavalry. We are joined by Ant, Mr. Ant at Styano on Twitter. How we doing, bud? Doing good. How are you? Good, man. We are joined as well by the mayor, Mr. Matt Santini. Good evening, everybody. Or hello, everybody. Keep What's it up, up, brother? Yeah. And also, John in Miami, or as Will likes to call him, John in Brooklyn. Hello to everybody. <laughs> We're uh, going to recap the past two days' shows. We've had a good, a good week of shows so far, um, and then give you, give you a little bit of our own takes as well. We're going to start off throwing it to our aunt who has a take on the shipping containers aunt, one of his lopics for today. So, Mr. Stiano, go ahead, buddy. Yeah, thanks, Drake. I wanted to talk about what aunt sort of, it was sort of a non sequitur or like a, a really just in the middle of nowhere line where he talked about how he sort of was having weekly existential crisis during the pandemic. And I was just wondering, you know, are you guys running through that? Are you guys feeling different pressures either from work or from family or, or, I mean, I feel lucky enough that I'm able to work from home, got a good job. My wife's business is, is going well. And although my kids' schools are closed starting tomorrow, thanks uh, mayor and governor of my state who won't talk to each other, but you know, for the most part, I'm doing pretty good, but I was very taken aback when he was like, yeah, I'm having like weekly, weekly existential crisis. And he's like, I wonder if today will be my next one. I don't know. I just want to throw out to you guys, you know, Mayor, how are you doing? How's, how's the pandemic treating you necessarily nine well, months in? Well, you know, um, I would tell you nine months in, the, the first month was pretty rough when there weren't uh, statewide orders in place. And honestly, you know, when, when the crisis was new and people were, you know, reaching out to me looking for answers and guidance, and quite honestly, we still don't have a lot of answers. And so given that guidance, you know, everything from please don't shut down our business so I can provide for my family to people saying, hey, I'm afraid to, I'm to go to work. Please shut down our businesses. And, 
you know, that it was pretty tough. When the statewide orders got put in place, life got a lot simpler for me from, from a mayoral standpoint. Uh, you know, being the, the station manager of a local radio station that does news, we, you know, we haven't been in home. So fortunately, I've been able to be uh, employed and, and do that well. My wife is a small business owner and, you know, that provided a lot of challenges, but she's uh, powered through and uh, we're doing just fine. So our, you know, our lives have been like a lot of other people's. You take it day by day and try to adjust. And uh, I, I consider ourselves kind of fortunate from the standpoint that uh, we have been able to continue to provide for ourselves. And my heart goes out to those people in other places where, uh, where they're just unable to take care of themselves. If you've got a trade that's been shut down or, or a type of business that's been totally uh, shuttered uh, and the, the fact that you can't provide for your family, it's, it's real challenging. And, uh, and again, at the same time, still so much we don't know and hopefully we're closer to the end of this thing than we are the beginning totally totally understand my wife is a is a is also a small business owner running a childcare business and she's been deemed essential which means even though new york city schools are closed she is open for business every day 7 a.m to 6 15 p.m kind of thing so um i totally understand how how hard it can be sort of with with all that going on what about you john down in miami how are you finding it I don't, I don't have these crises that the other aunt seems to be having. I've been taking it in stride. My kids stay at home, even though the schools are partially open. And it's a good thing because someone in his class was just um, diagnosed uh, with COVID. So, so it's a good thing he was here. My wife works in an ER. So our hours have always been off to a certain extent. So we don't get into that complication that I think uh, Chris talked about today. Uh, So we avoid that and the friction there sometimes that can come with people living and working together. You know, like Mayor said, it's, it's tough because you have to balance the overall good of for everybody versus the livelihood of, of others. And I have friends who say run um, our buddies, that may run a restaurant or something and, and they're deeply affected and who knows what will happen. And they, they understand what had to be done. Unfortunately, it wasn't done right at the very beginning and, and we are where we are. But back to the original question, I haven't had that, that big crisis. My, my, perhaps my, my temper has been a little worse, you know, maybe I'm a little more short tempered with my, with my kids because they're always around and, <laughs> but aside from that, I, I'm, I'm taking it in stride. I'm, I'm with you there and the kids, John. It's definitely, uh, luckily enough, we have a decent sized house where we have three levels where you can sort of separate even without sort of going in like, go to your room and do the work. No, you, you go to the third floor and the couch and you go to the first floor on the couch and you go to the kitchen. And so what about you, Drake? How's it, how's it hanging, uh, you know, as a PE teacher with going in and seeing kids most days? Yeah, so I'm a teacher in South Carolina. Um, our population isn't, we don't, I live in a city that's not, it's not a big city. I don't have the population of, of New York like you, Ann, or Miami like you, John. So our, our numbers have, we've been able to contain it pretty well. Um, we've had minimum cases um, and all, all the cases that, that have happened have all come from from outside the school. So as far as that goes, it's it's been pretty good, but all the, um the regulations and and the things that we've had to add in to the school the school day has made it um i mean it's not a crisis by any means but it it makes it makes life a lot harder as a teacher i mean i've spent probably 25% of every class saying put your mask on 
or make sure you're you step away you're not within six feet of that um johnny or susie so it adds it adds the extra unnecessary things that aren't actually my job which i mean now they've become my job to, to keep everyone safe um but i mean for me i'm fortunate because i'm a pe teacher and i can take my kids outside 75 percent of the time so i'm I don't have a lot to complain about compared to a math or a science teacher who, who are inside four walls for their class. So, I mean, I, I can't say that I, I can complain. I'm, I'm blessed to be in my position, but it, uh, it definitely creates chaos for, for everyone. And I think everybody's just ready, ready to get back to uh, some state of, of normalcy. And, and hopefully that'll, that'll start happening in January when that new change becomes I would, uh, moving on. Would, uh, and did you have another topic? No, no, no. We, we go around, uh, you know, continue on the thing. I just, you know, like I said, I, I felt bad for Ant when he sort of talked about it. And I was like, wow, I hadn't thought about, you know, cause I hadn't felt that way personally about, you know, someone who could really be going through it, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. All right. Let's throw it over to mayor Matt, Mr. Santini. What you got for us? Thanks a whole lot, Drake. I've got a bunch of high, uh, fast hitters for you. Some Sam Van Gundy hot nuggets for you. We'll just kind of go at it kind of quick. In your face. Yeah, Stu's got a new uh, live read that he's doing, a uh, commercial. I think it's for AT&T, and he refers to a, an animal that I've always called a hyena as a hyena, and it has been driving me crazy, and I want to make sure I'm saying, do y'all call it hyena or hyena? It's hyena. Hyena for sure. Yeah. Okay. All right. We just yeah, want to make no sure doubt. I'm saying it right. One Comparable. of the other things that came up uh, this this week, uh, Pablo and Mina are going to go at it on tomorrow's show. But the uh, the truth of the matter is, uh, I toured Harvard uh, when my wife and I were up in the Boston area a couple of years ago, and I got to agree, not all that impressive. A bunch of houses, and you got a couple of you've been up there as well too, and had similar feelings, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I went up there. I, I went to uh, go tour Andover, which was some type of uh, like prep school that my parents were considering, and nearby. And I think we went and just walked the campus. wasn't very impressive with the buildings and all, just like old red brick buildings. Yeah, I wasn't. Uh, I'm in the same camp as you, Mayor. Uh, not that impressive from a visual standpoint. And uh, I wanted to ask you guys this about Harvard versus Yale. And I think of Harvard as more of a law school, and that's where its its um, strengths are. And Yale, I think, is more of a, I don't know, like a literary school where that's where the, the powers were. So I felt it was maybe even like an apples to oranges comparison there. But I digress. I think a piece of paper from either one of those places is fairly impressive and probably costs you uh, deep into the six figures. So I don't know. No doubt. Doesn't compare to Georgia Southern where I graduated from. I can I can assure you of that. <laughs> That's all right. In 20 years, my dad used to always say this, in 20 years, no one's going to care where you graduate from. They're going to hand you the problem and right. can you do it or not. So, Doesn't matter if you came from Harvard or Dumbo Tech. <laughs> if you can do the problem, they're going to be like, all right, thanks, you're hired. If you can't, Sorry, we can't use it. Kind of. Uh, I've met a lot. I'm sure, like you, I've met a lot of idiots with a lot of degrees and letters by their name, and I've met some of the smartest people uh, that I've ever known are people that, that didn't even have a high school education. So it's a, uh, it's Absolutely. all about, and you know, I, I judge people on how they treat others and uh, and how they treat me, and that's uh, not necessarily what kind of letters you got by your name or 
or whatever. But anyway, I want to move on. I've got a couple other things. Uh, love the stories that were in the uh, the big suey on Monday when they were sharing old stories uh, from from their early radio days. They played some video footage of Stu Gatz, some video footage, some audio footage of Stu Gatz uh, having problems during a remote broadcast and things kind of not going their way. And if you've if, when you've been in radio and you hear those things, it just kind of hits me in a pretty special place. But the one thing I wanted to ask each of you, and I'll finish on this, the story at the end when they were talking about the former radio executive who was uh, in a tree at night uh, with police helicopters circling above, and he felt compelled to call Stugatz to kind of ask for advice. I want to ask each of you, and John, I'll start with you. Uh, if you're in a tree at night with police circling above, what member of the Lauer After Hours family are you going to call for help? I also would have called Stugatz because I would have figured that would have been like maybe the third or fourth time that he'd done something like that. And so he would have the best advice. He would tell me, climb higher or jump down, go into a bush or uh, find a ravine. So uh, I can't, I, he, he, that was a heady play by him. Well, Call the guy who yeah, that, you know is going to commit, you know, that, that type of fraud. That was also a Stugatz kind of answer because he's not in the Lauer After Hours family. So, so thank you for that. Uh, Drake, we'll go to you. <laughs> I was going to say, John, John, that's a great answer at all, but Stu's not in the group chat. Lauer After Hours, not not on the Levitard show. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I was, you want you want to start it over? No, no, leave no, it no, in. No, leave no, it okay, in. John, heady play. But we'll come back to you on yeah, your we'll hit him at the end. Drake, go ahead. Who's your choice? I'm gonna have to say Mark, aka Reddit, just because just because of his connections and obviously he's a smart guy, knowing doing what he does. And yeah, he he'd okay. have he'd have an answer for me. And if not, he'd post something on Reddit, and someone on the Reddit would would have an answer that would work. So that's <laughs> and that's my he, answer. He would. That's a good. He'd outsource. He could outsource he, it. He'd have he'd have a bunch of minions coming to your rescue. There, good job. Correct. Ed, what about you? Which which member of the Lauer After Hours team would you call if you were in a tree in the middle of the night with police searching for you? So, no offense, Mayor, and no offense, Drake, but my first call would be to John. I feel like John would just. We would think so similarly in, in the thought process that we'd be able to like work through the problem. Like, all right, here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that too. And we would just be able to go through it and just sort of work through what it was that, uh, that, that was going on or how to get away from what was going on. Um, I also feel like he's probably had that happen to him before. Again, no offense, John, but I feel like you've like, I don't know, done some stuff that may have warranted, you know, you know, being, uh, being, being out of commission for a while and laying low or whatever. So, you know, that would be my call. I feel like, I feel like John and me would be on, would be very simpatico as he would say, uh, you know, save wavelength on a lot of that stuff. And maybe that'd be good. It maybe be worse because we'd be thinking alike, but I just feel like there, there'd be something there that would work itself out. Yeah, I take no offense to that because if you two are on the same wavelength, then that means he would have done the same thing to get you in that tree. Therefore, he couldn't get you out of that tree. Let, let me try again. Let me try again. So I think what I would do is I would call, let me, I think I would call Mark, who has the most connections with the show. And I'd ask Mark to three-way call Stu to figure out what the hell I do now that I'm in this tree. Okay. 
I'm going to tell you, I've got, I've got kind of a tie for first place as we were sitting there going through this. My, my call would be to Will, because Will's a pretty resourceful guy. It also seems kind of, Ant, kind of on your thought, he's a heady guy, but it also seems like he gets himself, well, it's, it's admitted he's broken out of Twitter jail like seven times. So we know he's good at getting into situations and good at, get, good at getting out of them as well. <laughs> the other one I would probably call is Flem. Uh, Flem seems like uh, he... He just seems like he knows how to navigate through stuff or he'd find some kind of he would know that there was some kind of hole in that tree that, you know, I'd be able to, to, to crawl down and in through or he'd, he'd have some kind of connection somewhere. Those now look very quickly. I know I'm running short on time here, but no, no, no. Before before we before we move, oh, I think ahead, two. Frank, I'm sorry. So two more two more underrated um, calls that we could make is one to our resident lawyer, Jeff who could somehow either either find a a uh, a um a law to explain to the um the police of why why we should get down from the tree or two he could just keep yammering and talking their head off until they just said come come down and then also my last one is going to be Yeti Blanc who is just a super nice human being and would find a way to sweet talk the um the officers or whatever agency is is surrounding us to to encourage and um, what's the word I'm looking for um, entice them to to let us go. So those Jeff and Yeti, I'm going to give them a shout out as well. Yeti's See, my thought country. was going to be I was going to I was going to lightning round. Who's the last one you would call? And 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 I had a tie between Jeff and Aaron because because Jeff probably wouldn't answer <laughs> number one and number two. Aaron would would go well. Let me think about that, Matt. What should we do? Uh, and and the police would be on you. I'd be. I mean, I would be cuffed and and you know I'd have a knee to the middle of the back of my shoulder blades before Aaron even came up with a good thought. Great guys, love both, but I'm not calling them. What about you guys? Very quickly, who who was the last one in the group you'd call? Ant, we'll start with you. Ooh, all right. Um, Making people mad tonight. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, I'm going to go off the board slightly. On, um, I'm going to say my last call would be to Mindy. Because sort of conversely to the way Yeti, as the good guy, would be able to sweet talk them, I feel like Mindy would be almost too nice. And at the end, he'd be like, nah, yeah, arrest him. Because he did something wrong. Like he would- You'd get your 25 to life. <laughs> Not intentionally, but sort of happenstancely, he'd like talk them into realizing, yeah, get them kind of thing. So, all right, Drake, what you got? I'm not gonna, I don't, I can't think of a good one to be honest, but I will say it's not a, it's not who I would call last, but the first person who would be in the tree with us is definitely Morgan because she's any kind of shit that we're getting into, she's going to be down with it. So Morgan is definitely going to be in that tree with us. She would come repelling down from a helicopter to get in the tree with us. Good point. No John, last one to you. Who's the last person you'd call? And it could be me. That's fine. Yeah, I was going to say, who who's the last person? That's This is an excellent question. I feel like Billy uh, unprepared. Um, let's see. Last, last person. Um yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with uh, with the mayor. I'm, I'm not sure uh, the mayor is going to uh, go ahead, Drake. Okay, I do. I do have one now that I think about it. And then the last person I would call would be Lou Rafter because he would come to the tree and then he would find the cops and try to sell them merch instead of <laughs> helping me get down from the tree. Where's my reward? 
<laughs> exactly. You'd, you'd get a cool hat, though. You'd get a very cool hat out of it. And then you tweet it out and get you, it if you like. Out of bark. <laughs> In all seriousness, I think I'd call Pam because Pam, Pam of the everybody on the chat, I feel is kind of like my biggest uh, hype man. So even if I'm in the tree and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to go to jail. I feel like I call her just for support. And she, you know, she tell me, listen, you're funny. Everything's going to be all right. You'll come out of this stronger. And although she may not give me tips on, on what to do, she'd make me feel better about getting apprehended by the cops. Absolutely agree there, John. All righty. So thank you, Mayor Matt, man. We appreciate the, uh, the the good topic and uh that's that's some good funny shit right there john what you got for us brother my topic happens to be mike ryan's triggering me when they were talking about butt implants now in miami there's i have no doubt zero doubt that we are the butt capital of the world not just the united states but of the world but they did pose some stats and I, I got angered and triggered by the stat because uh, Mike Ryan went ahead and, and started comparing like our city of Miami with whole nations and not just like little small nations like Liechtenstein or, or Malta, but like the big daddy of nations in South America, Brazil. And I, of course you can't compare Miami to the, an entire nation. It's just not fair. So, you know, so that triggered me. I'm like, what are you doing, you know, with, with that? You should go and, again, apples to apples. Um, Miami to, say, Sao Paulo or, or Rio de Janeiro or something like that, but not Miami to the entire country of Brazil, I should say. So that's what I was thinking. And I was wondering um, how many of you guys have been down here and, and gotten to experience all these, like, super fake, almost cartoonish shelves that we have down here. And what did you think about it? Never been, not much for anything that's not natural. And, uh, but I do have the internet, so I've seen a lot of it. Very good. And what about you? So I'm going to take the opposite turn and say, I did my honeymoon in South America. And we stayed in Rio for about a week, more or less. And they could give Miami a good run. Like that city has a lot of, a lot of, uh, what's the word? Booty. Bad plastic surgery, might be the way I'd say it. Because or cheaper plastic surgery, let me say. And, and I've been in Miami a couple of times, but I just remember specifically in Rio, there was a lot of like, ooh, that's that's no, 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 like stuff that I saw. And I've also had the internet mayor, so I'm sure I've seen most of the stuff that you've seen as well. But that was one thing that jumped out at me. Um, and so I also agreed with you, John, that I thought it was very weird that he was like, Colombia and Mexico and Brazil and Miami. Wait, that's not remotely. <laughs> Anyway, Drake, what about you? I got nothing for this conversation. Absolutely, absolutely nothing. Do you I have butt a, implants? I love a good butt brisket. Would you that's like a, to get butt implants? Nope, I'm good. Um, Cabin implants. I'll go ahead and take uh, Drake's place because I, the one thing that I think um, redeemed Mike in this conversation was the fact that he said that we have a lot of, uh, I'm sure the pun wasn't intended, but transplants down here. So although these guys, uh, these guys, well, even guys get, get these butt implants too. Um, although we have so many of them, uh, I'm pretty sure a lot of them come from some of these South American and, um, countries where it is less expensive, where, where, and then they come here perhaps for, for who knows modeling or, 
or some other stuff. So he did redeem himself to a certain extent in my eyes. Um, and I expect that type of chicanery from like Stugatz, but not, not from Mike. He's, he's, he's a professional and he knows better. Uh, but we're all human. He makes mistakes. I also, I also had no doubt in addition to like Miami leading uh, the nation, if not the world in fake butts, but also in uh, fake uh, COVID negative tests. That, that has to be true because hashtag Miami. What, what do you guys think about the uh, whole selling of negative COVID tests? I am personally sure endorse it, but I thought it was right. hysterical. Yeah. I'm sure Stugatz is right that there's some guy out there selling negative tests. That there, I mean, if you can find someone to make a whizinator to pass a P test, <laughs> you can find someone to say, go take this test for me so I can be negative and get on that plane or be negative and go back to my job or, you know, whatever, you know, maybe sort of presenting to them that they need to do. So I think that's absolutely the case. Has anybody uh, driven and had one of those tests done? Like those drive-through tests? No, no, I haven't had a drive-through. I, I've, I've done a regular test with the thing poking your brain for- But that's like at a, like at a, a doctor a at a doctor's office or, or clinic? Yeah. yeah I'm just wondering office. how ripe it is for, for that type of fraud. Because if it's one of these drive-through things, and we have one, I think somebody mentioned the one at, at Santa's Enchanted Forest, which is right next to uh, Tropical Park, this big park. And he said it's been, the line's been growing day by day. If it's something that you just drive in and, and kind of have to present some some from some ID and then they just say, okay, we'll we'll contact you at your email, that for sure, for sure has has fraud written all over it with people with Fugazi IDs going and and you know, just providing weird emails that and, and getting these fake COVID results. Well, forget that. No offense to anybody, but you can take any email you receive and change whatever data you want to change in an email. Like Instead of dear John, it can be dear Will very easily, sadly. And you can print it out and say, look, I'm negative. Like, you know, so. Well, you can go the other way around if you want to be Stu like and you can take somebody who, who you know has it to go in there and get a test taken so you know it's going to be positive. And then you just take that your employer and you got two weeks off of work. I changed my mind. I'm calling mayor. <laughs> <laughs> very good. Good deal. All right. So my, um, I'll wrap it up here and, and um, go with a little quick hitter. So one of the annual things that I love about the show and um, Greg Cody specifically, when he talks about cooking his Thanksgiving bird, it, <laughs> every time he says the word, you know, I'm cooking my bird, it, it just for, I mean, it's stupid to, that to make you laugh, but it's just, it's just one of those things that, uh, that makes you, makes me laugh. Um, so I was, I was thinking, um, is there anything that you guys have that you're overly proud about um, that may or may not be um, up to the level of hype that you word it as, like Mr. Greg Cody's cooking his bird? And it could be something that's involving cooking or not. So I, uh, I definitely overhype my uh, cooking of a, of a grilled cheese. I, uh, unfortunately though, I don't, I don't have a, a spiffy name for it. Like, like a bird, like Greg Cody does. Mm, that's a good question. You know, I would, I would jump in and say, I'm pretty, and I got to be careful because I got Stiano and John, both are, are food aficionados, but I'm, I'm pretty proud of the, the eggplant that I make, but I, but I did love the topic. I love, and I'm right there with you, Drake, that they spent the whole hour talking about the bird and how it was going to happen and the way he said bird and the fact, yep. that, the fact that Roy was, they were talking about how engaged Roy was with it. And the sense of pride that he had with it was uh, phenomenal because Roy doesn't, 
he doesn't jump in and we don't get enough Roy uh, yeah. a lot of times. And uh, by the way, we hope he's uh, recovering well from his little procedure and he'll be back with the show as early as uh, by the time this podcast comes out. Uh, yes, all goes well. But uh, I, I would say making my eggplant. And then the other thing I know it's, it's not really a word, but one of the things that maybe take a, a little awful lot of pride in it's going to sound kind of, it's going to sound very Greg Cody, like, but doing a good radio, like a good football broadcast or a good sports broadcast, um, something to take a lot of pride in. When somebody comes back with you and goes, man, that was, we really enjoyed this. Or we had grandparents that were listening to another part of the country to, to kind of feel like you, anytime you've done something that brings joy to a lot of other people. And I think that's the, really the joy of cooking is, is creating something that brings joy to everybody else. And I get to do that both uh, cooking from time to time and then with broadcasting as well. I think that is really good, man. And I will continue down the path of food. Um, so my, I love making cannoli. And so at my wedding, while everyone else was at the cocktail hour, I was in the kitchen filling, I don't know, 300, 250 cannoli for, uh, for my guests. So they had a cannoli made by me at my wedding. And I think I do a pretty good job of it. But I'm a little uh, stuck up about the fact that I think I make a good cannoli. So as an aside, though, What's up with Greg not paying the extra four bucks for the peanut oil? Thank it's so you. much better. Thank you. I was about like, to mention Like, seriously, that. like, if he had come back and said, well, the peanut oil is $27 versus nine, I'd have been like, okay, I can understand it. But, like, I don't think I would get the cheap oil if I wanted to do my bird. And I, like, no, this makes it better. Like, never mind someone like him who seems to take real pride in his bird for him to be like, well, maybe I won't get the peanut oil. What? Like, I don't know. That was just disappointing to me. Like, it seemed very fraudish to me. It seemed like there was like a Stu Gatz moment for him, like pretending he was like, well, I could use any oil, even though peanut's better. Well, if peanut's better and it's that, you know, it's a couple bucks more, get the damn peanut oil. All right, comment, then a, comment, then a question. I need, uh, first of all, comment. We have a dog, we have two dogs. One's name is Pasta, the other one is named Cannoli. Just a little side note. But nice. your, your cannoli filling, is it, is it ricotta cheese based or is it, or is it pudding? Yes. Is it, it's ricotta. That's the way it's powdered sugar, um, a little go. bit of cinnamon if I'm so inclined, and then usually either chocolate chips. Yep. But when I make the homemade pizzelles and do the cannoli shell, I will dip the ends in chocolate, depending on. I usually don't go too much chocolate because not everybody loves chocolate, but I usually either go one or the other when I when I do uh, when I do my filling. That was going to be my my question: Is the chocolate chip throughout the ricotta filling, or is it just on the ends, like? you know, dipped in. No, no, no. I will, I will take my regatta and I will mix the chocolate chips in. Um, sometimes I even will flour the chocolate chips, similar to how when you bake sometimes the chocolate chips, you flour them to sort of give them a little more density or let them stick. Cause sometimes you can get a bite that's really chocolatey and some bites that are not, uh, but no, definitely, definitely mix it through. I don't, I don't, I mean, to me, chocolate chips in cannoli cream filling is not decorative. If I want it to be decorative, I'll stick one on each end and call it a day. I want it to be part of, part of the cannoli for me. You're my brother. Mine too. You too, Jeff. So <laughs> I, I have an answer, so I'll answer real quickly. Um, generally, I like to, I don't go ahead and, and necessarily, at least with, with food, I don't go ahead and, and overhype it. I'd rather, I'd rather um, underhype it and then, and then overwhelm than the other way around. And that's just a little bit of my neuroses. Um, also to that end, uh, because I do want to put out like a best, pro the best product I can. I mean, I'm with you and in that I would go ahead definitely 
and spend the nine extra bucks because you know whatever it was three or four bucks per um because it you get a better product at the end not just from you know the color but also the flavor and and the the temperature anyway so so the, that was my two cents so yeah it's uh i don't have something that i could directly answer because i, I generally try to under hype and then over over overwhelm fair enough fair enough so that is going to do it for this week's episode of Midweek Mitches. We appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, make sure you support all everybody in the Lower After Hours universe. John, you got one thing? Yeah, I just wanted to add um, the Levitard Brothers at LE underscore brothers, I believe. Yep. Um, uh, account was hacked. And um, if anybody, if you stuck with us this long, then you're probably uh, one of our guys. So if you're one of our guys, go ahead and report that account as as hacked. It's really simple. takes like three steps, bim, bam, boom, and, and you're done. Sorry to interrupt, but I thought maybe we should get that in there. Oh, no, no problem. Definitely a, a valid point to get in there. Um, but yeah, like I was saying, support um, everybody in our in our universe, um, shop.lauer after hours. Go support the Yes, Maybe No podcast with our... Suey winner and Suey nominees, um, Yeti Blanc and Andrew Streeter. Um, they got they got a lot of good stuff going on over there. And then subscribe, rate, and review to at Lower After Hours. This has been a good one. Y'all have a good week. Have a great week. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Bye.